Hello and welcome to the Government of the Podcast. As always, I am Abdullah and my guest today is Bell Rusape. How you doing, Bell? I'm doing good, Abdullah. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, the first question is the obvious one. How did you get started and what made you want to get into voiceover? Well, I wanted to get into voiceover since I was really young. Like I like I always just, you know, kind of wanted to be in the cartoons and video games that I played and watched as a kid. So by middle school, I had like a, a slight understanding of that voice acting was a real job and everything. And so it wasn't until after I graduated high school in which I actually pursued voice acting. And so, you know, my explanation is relatively simple. It's just like find certain inspirations and then, you know, pursue it. And yeah, so I started since 2016. So this is my sixth year in voiceover. And you've built quite an impressive resume in that short amount of time, I must say. Thank you very much. Because, uh, man, I'm, I'm just looking at your stuff right now, and it's like, man, you know, he's been in a lot of stuff that I've seen, and I, it's, <laughs> it's hard to believe it's only been six years, but that's an impressive resume. Like, when you put it like that, though, like, six years sounds like a lot in retrospect. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, time has no meaning anymore, so, like... <laughs> okay, that that is true, because I was voice acting since I first started college, and... Yeah, like, my career skyrocketed the moment that I graduated so last year. So it's just like, wow, you really you really don't know what you're in for unless, until you actually, you know, get to a certain point where you can finally reflect on things. It's crazy. Like, and, and one of the things I really love is seeing new talent pop up and it's not it's no longer the same two or three people in everything anymore. It's it's great. A sentiment we've all pretty much said at some at some point, especially if you are a voice actor trying to get up in the industry. But you know what? It's good to finally be here and just, you know, get the chance to get the chance to really enjoy it. Like just enjoy it with other people. Just, you know, getting to really feel like I have a place in this industry. And um, when when you started uh, doing anime dubs, you know, how was the dubbing process for you? Like, was it easy? Was it hard? Okay, well, I kind of went through both processes. So my first ever ADR experience was with Funimation Entertainment. Well, when they were known as Funimation Entertainment at the time. <laughs> it was way back in 2018. I was, okay, so I was stepping into the booth at that time. It was for a while a session for the anime Hanebato, which is a Batman anime. And oh my god, it was it was a little nerve-wracking because for Walla sessions that back in the day, you had to be in a group of several people in the booth at the same time. So having to kind of ad-lib certain things at the time was very frightening because you had other people with you in it, but they were really chill. So it was a lot of fun. It was so much fun, but because it was my first experience at the time, I didn't know how to really go about it. But as time went on, I kind of adjusted because I, I would later that year and the next year get some more studio experience, in-studio experience, mind you. And the next time I got into anime again was last year, actually, for the anime Horimiya, in which I play Kakuru Sengoku. And I did all of that recording at home. Yeah, I was about to mention, like, because um, I remember 
this was back in you know pandemic times and right. you kind of forget that a lot of a lot of those shows that came out in like 2020 uh were recorded from home but you never noticed it because again man the engineers they're they're magicians i know right like they doing god's work over there uh and but but like how was the experience overall like did you like was it hard at first or was it like did you did you get the hang of it because because a lot of times like when people come into dubbing like they don't know what they're doing most of the time and it's kind of like okay beeps and you gotta match the lip flaps what do you want from me exactly okay with the process of dubbing overall at first yeah it, it is pretty hard like unless you actually have like a good unless you actually had like a workshop to like ease you into it like i eventually did like the year prior to getting horimiya like it's hard like it's really hard like it's not as easy as people think and let me tell you it is nothing like how you know it's nothing at all like how fan dubbing you know treats it like it is way more complicated than people let on like the three beef system that's a muscle memory tactic right there like you have to get used to that but once you do it is so much fun especially like when you have enough experience and it's like you just all you have to do is pretty much pay attention to the video and kind of like make sure you understand what what's on the script because for my process it's a matter of just reading it's a matter of just like reading the script and like memorizing what's happening in the video because sometimes there might be because we have to take into consideration if there are lip flaps and if there are i have to make sure that you know my pacing and the way that I, way that I read the character matches in in sync with you know the timing because we're working on a timed system over there oh no it's it's mind boggling that um that that a lot of these shows even come out on time at all because you you guys are working on such a tight schedule and sometimes i just wonder like okay how did they even manage to pull this off in a short amount of time well damn that one you might have to ask an anime director for sure but overall yeah it it really does take a lot of blood sweat and tears just you know organizing a lot of people making sure everyone is you know able to arrive on a certain scheduled time it's just you know multi-management and we and the anime industry makes it work let me tell you it really makes it work with its you know with its short deadlines and out of all the characters you've played, which one would you say was the toughest? Mm, let's see. It's kind of a toss-up between Sengoku and Ending from My Hero. Because with Sengoku, it was a matter of understanding how to really apply certain nuances into the character and understanding, you know, the character at his depth. Like, you know, looking at, you know, doing a bit of research, finding the source material, just kind of understanding what exactly makes this character tick and what separates him from the other characters while also understanding what I find in myself in the character. Cause I found out, <clears throat> I found out through Caitlin Glass, the director for the Hodemiya dub that I actually had a lot of things in common with Sengoku. So it made mellowing into his character so much easier, but because that was like my first major anime gig, it took a little time to really, you know, get every get the ball rolling and just i don't know how to really explain it it's just like understanding where to really apply the nuances and where i can actually you know get to be the most free and liberating because sengoku had a lot of liberating moments where i got to show off a lot of energy and range now with ending 
that one was a little more complicated because it was about finding the personal nuances to really make this character stand out from just your average typical serial killer because what is it that he wants he wants to die at the hands of endeavor and there's a huge implication that he has nothing else to really live for so he wants the best thing in his life to be killed by the number one hero so it's and that's why like hence he he you know makes himself look like a nomu which is something that endeavor has actually killed before so it's like it's like adding a lot of nuances and like ideas to really flesh him out and like make him you know a personal character as opposed to just like trying to do joker impression 1181 that's really tough as well because um one character is a recurring character on a series and the other is a guest spot so you kind of need to make sure like okay i'm gonna be playing like one character for the whole series and one character for maybe like a couple episodes i don't remember if ending like lasted (laughs) that long but uh, oh he only appeared in one episode yeah so (laughs) so but like as an actor you kind of have to to think about okay I only have like one episode with this character. Gotta make it count. Basically, yeah. Like I, I never thought of it as okay. So uh, I, I, I want to know if he appears more often because I knew, I knew ahead of time because I was watching a few of the episodes of My Hero in Japanese ahead of time. Like I knew he was gonna be like in one episode. So I, like, I wanted to. I approach a character like make the most of what the of whatever time you have because I'm brought on for a lot of extra voiceover like additional voices in Walla. So regardless of how much time I get with a certain character, I just try to make it the best that I can make it. I mean, you're not the first person I've had on here who's only who only um is ever brought up to do like additional voices. <laughs> so. You know what? Getting brought on to play an actual character, that's always a blessing. Yeah, I mean, that's and that's what a lot of people want. Like, a lot of people who, ironically enough, I did record an episode where we, we were talking about anime, and uh, the person I was interviewing said, like, you know, I would love to play an actual role, but I got in, like, really late, and I couldn't, like, you know, they didn't have anything except, like, additional voices, and I'm like, oh, man, that's sad. Yeah, it can be like that, but just know that... It's not the end of the world playing Walla, because Walla can be really fun. Like, I have way more fun with Walla than I I let people on about. But the thing is, Walla is a great way for directors to get a good gauge of your range, so that if they do have a character in mind, they can pull you in and have you voice that certain character. Because with anime, it's a little complicated, because not every character gets to be auditioned for. So... You could end up being on someone's wait. You can be on a director's wait list and they can eventually pull you in for a really interesting character that fits your range specifically. And do you feel like you know what your range is? I usually believe I have like a good grasp of my range, but sometimes it's it's not what you get to choose. It's ultimately what the director wants out of you. Like you can have like a wonderful typecast, but it's like, it might not be the range you want to exhibit, but it's the best that you're really capable of. And so it's like a matter of if there's anything that you want to show off, you know, continue working towards showing that off, you know, like really exercise that. Just be able to really, you know, barter it out whenever you can. But just know there is no shame in having a particular voice that you are excellent at. 
I mean, hey, they they need archetypes. They need exactly. The deep, they need the deep voiced monster. They need the high pitched high schooler. You know, these are all anime archetypes, and just find what works for you. Now, I do believe that it would help to kind of diversify diversify the types of voices that you put in. Like, for example, you know, kind of changing it up. Like sometimes, like not every girl on the planet has like the same anime uwu valley girl-esque sort of voice but so it's like having a femme voice that has like a more natural sort of you know like more down-to-earth cadence at times it's, it's really refreshing or just you know kind of like choosing an actor who has like a really distinct voice type it's it's just like i feel like directors like if given the chance they would definitely like you know express that kind of idea I feel like it's been you're starting to see uh, more of that in recent dubs where they're starting to move away from the typical like mid 2000s sound and more into like a more grounded way of acting, if, if that makes any sense. Yes, like if there is one thing I will say for sure is that when it comes to anime dubbing, like we try to make it so that it sounds like an actual person that you're listening to, not just like. A character like unless that's what they want but like nine times out of ten acting comes before like trying to make it like a funny voice like it's always going to be the voice for it sorry god i am off today it's always going to be the performance first and a voice is just an afterthought because you can have like a really interesting new voice, but like if the acting falls because of it, then you're not going to get hired because of that. Like people would rather have an actor who naturally sounds like that as opposed to someone who can just like artificially make their voice sound how they believe a character should sound. Yeah, because anybody can do like the high pitched, squeaky anime girl voice, but it's like, can you act? You know? Exactly. It's like it's a difference between just putting on a voice and actually being the character because any like certain people you can do a spot-on goofy impression but if you don't have the acting chops to make it work you're not exactly bill farmer and and and, and anybody can do like meat wad from aqua teen hunger force but like can you right act, you know <laughs> i know right there's there's a certain level of there's a level of personality that you need to exhibit in a performance like it can't just be the voice because Otherwise, you're just doing imperson impersonations, and impersonations don't exactly, well, d depending on the circumstances, they don't exactly get you the job that you want. I mean, it depends on what you're impersonating. If you're impersonating, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, depending on the situation, because I mean, sometimes like a lot of the, because here's the thing, I learned, uh, you know, growing up that a lot of the voices I liked listening to as a kid were just bad impressions of actors that i i never grew up watching but the but the voice actors remembered from uh, when they were kids watching right. them and it's like okay i'm gonna be doing like a, a terrible impression of that person and that's gonna be the voice and i'm like okay that's that's really interesting oh my god it's it's crazy how much a lot of people could get away with certain things but to be fair though that doesn't make you a bad actor though <laughs> i mean if you could do it spot on then yeah that makes you actually a great actor <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You know, yes, I, I and I've said this before. Yes, I am aware that Jabberjaw is just Curly from the Three Stooges, but it works because Frank Walker is amazing. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, take what you get. You know, take what you get and like make the most out of it.
Yeah, it's just, and, and that's, and that's another thing I want to point out is that it is okay to play around with stuff. Like, because um, mm. a lot of times I, when I talk to people, they're like, I sometimes go into the booth and I give them something completely different. And they're like, oh, we really like that because we never thought of it that way. Because, and, and I've said this before, it is a collaboration between you and the director. And, right. you know, once you impress that director, they're like, okay, that's it. You know, you, you have to be this character because, because you gave you them provided something. a certain you provided a certain energy and like like tenacity that they initially might not have even thought about. Cause this is something that Richard Horvitz has actually taught me that sometimes you need to stray away from what you expect or assume people expect out of you and just kind of like do something that you have the most fun with. Uh, and you bring up um, Richard Horvitz. That's another great example of, a, of an actor who has the voice, as we call it. But <laughs> you look at his performances and they're all different because he knows what type of character he's going in for. Like, mm-hmm. we, you know, Zim and Billy might sound the same, but they're not the same because Zim is an egomaniac and he's very, very over the top and, and uh, melo- melodramatic while Billy is just an idiot. Exactly. Like there's, it's just the subtle differences that really make the character, the characters completely separate from each other. And and how do you like, what is your process with doing that when it comes to the roles you've done? Mm, it's a little complicated, but it's just a matter of understanding the perspective of the character and no, understanding like, to some degree, every character believes that they're right in some way. Like even if, even if everyone else tells them they're wrong, they're, they always have to be right. Or at the very least, you have to understand the perspective of where they're coming from and what they're feeling in this certain moment. Because something I've learned from commercial coaches as well is that, you know, it's like the, the feelings that you, the feelings you have when you're playing up a voice aren't anything new. It's something that you've already felt before yourself. So it's just a matter of really applying that in a certain way. And in the context of a character... I believe when it comes to a character, it's a matter of making it sound right in the head of that certain character in this certain scene. Because what exactly is it that they're doing or what what is it that they're feeling that really warrants this kind of reaction? And how would they in the certain, you know, the certain situation react accordingly? Because like you said, when it came to ending, you know, you can't just play him as a as a Joker knockoff. You have to understand okay who this who this character is what is their motivation and how do you get that across exactly because i love ending i absolutely loved playing ending like beginning to end Uh, pun unintended by the way but point still stands ending is easily like one of my favorite roles by far because i got to be i got to be so kooky so kooky and hilarious throughout the entirety of it but there was also this underlying dread just surrounding him because it's a creepy fanboy who's just who wants to die at the hands of his hero and it's like he he thinks he's right in doing this despite the fact that every other signal points to him being wrong and that's what made it so complex because it's like how do i continue to illustrate this feeling throughout the entirety of this episode it was so much fun but it was so challenging at the same time like oh man like it was such a mix of emotions overall but i loved every second and what do you love and hate about what you do 
Mm. I absolutely love getting to be, you know, a fictional character in the booth because it gives me a chance to really unwind, get get myself out of the funkiness that is the real world and enter the funkiness that is a fictional world. You know, I'm basically living the dream where I get to finally be characters and I get to watch myself and just, you know, enjoy creating a world with all these amazing people who, you know, had a collective, a collective vision for it. Now, what I hate, well, two things. First of all, when it if it hurt when it hurts it hurts like vocal rest is not a happy thing let me tell you like <laughs> i do not enjoy the fact that there are times where i've had to pretty much stop talking for the most part for a couple of days just to get a good feel for my throat again and then there's droughts where you don't you don't get that much work and it's like you kind of have to occupy yourself doing other things. Thank God I do other things like especially with my art. I love drawing. So, oh my god, this month has easily been like the most proactive I've been in a long time. So, just know there is something that's keeping my hands busy when my throat is pretty much on standby. And that's a good thing to to have, like just having a standby hobby or a side hustle when you're on vocal rest is good because, you know, if you're not working, you know, I understand like sometimes it, it becomes like frustrating because like, oh, you want to work, but you can't because, you know, you're on vocal rest and it becomes really frustrating. But, you know, it, so it's good to have um, that that hobby or something extra mm-hmm. to, keep, to take your mind off it. Absolutely. It's just it's just one. OK, one other thing to keep in mind is. Something I've gradually learned over time is don't make work your entire life. Like, learn to have fun and enjoy yourself one step at a time. Like, because if there's something I've learned out of becoming, you know, being a total workaholic throughout my life, it's that it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to not talk about work. It's okay to not care about work. Just as long as you have other things you're passionate about, you don't have to worry about it. Like, because a lot of people, I have friends who've pretty much made voiceover the thing they want more than anything, but like it becomes this very toxic sort of mindset where you feel like your worth is tied to how much work you're actually getting. And it's just, I, I work to separate myself from that. And I'm so glad I did because that is just a horrible mindset to have like you do not have to make your life all about getting as much work as possible no i i've said this before in a previous episode but it it really annoys me when i see people on twitter saying like oh i should have gotten this role where i'm like no because no role is owned is owed to you there are no dream roles they're just roles if you don't get one role it's fine go go for another one yes thank you like it's so it's really petty like it's so freaking petty because it makes you sound vindictive about it like I didn't get this opportunity so I have to pretty much shame the other person for getting it and it's like maybe there's a reason why this certain actor got the role and you didn't and that doesn't say you're a bad actor it just means that they were looking for a certain type of voice and when I listen to or find you know when I find out who gets cast for a character I auditioned for or like when I actually do hear the performance I'm like oh 
Oh, so that right there we go. That's what I was missing. I think the only time you get you you have the right to get pissed off is when you lose a role to an influencer or a TikTok star, and then then you can get pissed off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when when your clout basically becomes the only reason why certain certain people get jobs, and it's like now. To be fair, though. Okay, and actually, no, here's a, I'll play devil's advocate on this one. There are certain voice actors who happen to be influencers, and they're still good at voice acting. It's just that I like to think of it as they happen to be popular. Like, I'm willing to make exceptions because I'm not opposed to certain celebrities getting voiceover work, especially if there's like a guest opportunity to it. Because it's like, there are certain projects where They've only, you know, they've only hired a voice actor, you know, like a very, you know, very influential, famous voice actor or celebrity. And it's for like a one-time occasion. But it's like, it's cool. Like, it's it's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but it just, it becomes annoying when that, when that becomes the norm. Like, because I've noticed like a lot of times with a lot of newer shows that are coming out, it's all just celebrity celebrities. And I'm just like... Okay, oh, if it's, who, in the, if it's the entire cast basically getting celebrity, get, yeah, ew. yeah, ew to that, ew to all of that. Yeah, because it just bothered me because as I watch like a Netflix show and it's all celebrities and I'm just like, who is this casting for? Adults don't care. And, and you know, it's, it's, I don't know, man, like maybe I'm getting old. Maybe this is the future, but I, I just like. There's just so many talented like uh, voice actors that I'm just like, you know, can they can they can they get a chance to shine at least on on a show, please? I mean, for the most part money talks, yeah, but at the same time, I don't want I don't want the industry to make people believe that if you're not worth a certain amount of money, then you might might not get work, and it's like that's disgusting. That's a disgusting mentality cuz and I'm not opposed to people who happen to be famous getting work in voiceover because there are some there are some actors who happen to be like very famous who actually do have like a good background in voiceover. Like for example, Ben Schwartz, who's the voice of movie Sonic. Like before voicing Sonic, he was obviously in like a lot of voiceover work already. So it's like I could tell like when he got cast as the character, it, it really felt like a glove. And the same thing with Idris Elba getting to voice Knuckles. It's like he was already experienced in voiceover and his natural voice just like really, really made the character just mm, so perfect. But those are like exceptions. Like that's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like except like they, they're the exception, not the norm, because the norm, which thank God they got Colleen, Colleen Villard, Colleen O'Shaughnessy to reprise her role as Tails. I, I just like, okay, what bothered me about that movie was like how embarrassed like the marketing team was that an actual yeah. voice actor got cast and they just like did not have her name on anything and and were rightfully called out on it because like she is the character. she Her character plays a big role in the movie. Why are you pretending like she does not exist? <laughs> right, right? It's like it makes people wonder like, okay, wait, wh- why is she not being credited? Like who, like... Because it makes newcomers feel like, oh, wait, then who's voicing Tails? Because, like, that's obviously, like, it's, it's weird. It's like, the thing is, though, I appreciate the fact that the marketing team has been so open to constructive criticism because 
whenever they got backlash for like both movies they always changed accordingly like they made they made fixes and it's like that's so unheard of like that like or at the very least it's not common it's not very common for studios to actually take constructive feedback and like you know apply it to the end result but when they did it made a much better end result I'm just worried who they're going to get to voice Shadow now because I'm like, oh, God, please don't uh, be a celebrity. Please don't be a celebrity. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, um, it's like, eh, it's like, I'm not opposed to it. But at the same time, I'd prefer Kirk Thornton to come back as Shadow. Like, bruh, that would be, that would be super interesting, though, if Kirk Thornton could come back and like, a Hollywood version of Shadow the Hedgehog. That would be so dope. But with a character like Shadow, I feel like he would get celebrity endorsement, though, because Shadow is extremely popular in the franchise, so he would most likely get cast to a celebrity. But to be fair, though, being a brooding, being a brooding dark character is something not every celebrity is able to do. So if you can do it, oh, yeah, yeah yeah trust me like it's gonna sell the only exception to that is if they get look if they cast keith david a shadow i'm in like i i'm oh I'm my in. god <laughs> I'm yes in. i want that now i want that because uh Bro, man, oh my that... god you know actually puts things into perspective because shadow is chronologically 50 years old like over 50 years old so it's like having a very rich deep voice to like play a character who's like immortal that ooh, actually i i like that idea ooh, I, bruh that, this gives a lot of ideas but yeah kirk thornton should still get the chance to really go for the character if anything else like if colleen villard can come back as tails i feel like kirk thornton has a right to come back as shadow if given the chance i, I mean i would love to see that because i do feel like kirk Thornton is very talented and I feel like he was just never given the best material to work with when it came to the games and I feel like I want I want to hear his version of Shadow properly and and just not just give him good material to work with because I feel like there's potential that that's just being untapped you know yeah he's a phenomenal actor like I feel like if you gave him the chance to play Shadow not as the brooding emo guy, although his his voice acting in Sonic Take Sonic Twitter Takeovers though, that that's really good. Like that's him just having so much fun as the character. I just feel like if given the chance, he would work better with a new direction in the voice, like something closer to like how he normally plays older characters. Because he already has like a really deep voice, and he can do like the brooding character properly. I mean, he was. He was great as Nightmare and Siegfried in um, Soul Calibur Six, so you know he can pull it off. <laughs> so yeah, he's got he's got immaculate range. So I don't know. I guess it just kind of depends. Like we'll know when it happens. So nothing to really worry about. Uh, they're just they're probably just gonna cast like a really big name celebrity, or it's like uh, mm, probably. Yeah. I just, I look, mm. all, all I say, all I'm gonna say is please don't let it be Chris Pratt. Please don't let it be Chris yeah, Pratt. No, no, no. Did you hear? Oh my god! Did you hear? Like he was actually he all he was like on the short list for Sonic. I I I would have like <laughs> I would have just like nope nope <laughs> raw like no oh my god like. 
what the hell is it that Hollywood sees in his voice that's so dancing? Like he's a good actor, but brah, he's not the he's not the only voice out there. He's Mario. He's Garfield. Oh God, it's it's. Like... Oh my God, bro, <laughs> they really couldn't get Frank Welker to come back for Garfield, though. It's like we can get him back for Scooby, but not Garfield. Apparently, okay. Yeah, they got him back for Scooby. What the hell? I mean, he only. <laughs> okay, like to be fair, he only came back for Scooby because he threw like he he complained and said like I I. I have to be Scooby. I've been doing the character for X amount of years, and they were just like, okay, fine. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, I think what also kind of peeved him off is, like, this was the first major time in which he never got to, like, he didn't get to play Fred. Yeah. Because he was voicing Fred since the very beginning. Yeah, so that's, um... I, like, yeah, That record like, has been shattered. Thanks for that, I know. Hollywood. <laughs> well, okay, so there's, like, one, literally only one other time where Frank Welker didn't play Fred Jones, but it was for like a video game that nobody like, like no one fucking heard of. But like, it's like, it was like a a really old video game, but like he's like literally almost every other entry. He's always voiced the character. And uh, uh, before anyone says anything, a pup named Scooby-Doo does not count. No, it does not count. No, like they got child actors for that one. And I'll be fair. I'll be fair, like they did with they did good with what they got. I mean, it's an '80s kids version of Scooby Doo. Like you know, it's not it's not high art. Yeah. Oh my. Anyway, this has been uh, lovely. Uh, welcome to the Cartoon Podcast, where we talk about cartoons and voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. Frank Welker really has been Fred since the when was okay? When was the first? 1969 god dang <laughs> it's crazy to think that that he's been doing this since before i was born so ugh. Facts. <laughs> like he's the only he's the only voice actor in the scooby-doo franchise that's actually you know that's been continuing since the very beginning that's never happened before <laughs> I, I mean, he's like, I will outlive all of you. He's like, Highlander. It's like, God. <laughs> oh no! You know what this? You know what this? The crazy thing is, though, like he technically has outlived most of the cast. No, uh, some of them are still alive. Uh, BJ Ward. I said around. most, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, some of them are still like, you know. They're all they're still up and at them, but it's like they're either retired. Like if they're not deceased, they're retired for sure. But I mean, even then, it's like yeah, Frank is still around, but you don't see him as much as you used to because again, you know, you're getting older, and it's like you know you don't want to give him something too stressful because you know. I mean, he's still going to be voicing Scooby. He voices Scooby, Curious George, Garfield. He still does a lot of voice acting, though. It's kind of like he's still like one of those old veteran voice actors who still like does multiple things, like so, like regardless of age. So it's like, because I mean, Moto Marshall's still doing like a ton of anime voiceover. Barbara Goodson's still doing a lot of voiceover. Jim Cummings is still doing a lot of voiceover. Frank Welker, he's still getting a lot. He's getting a lot of work. Bill Farmer, Bob Berger. Oh my God, there are way, 
there are a lot of old school uh, voice actors. Oh yeah, and I at. forgot. Oh yeah, uh, April Winchell is still doing Disney cartoons. So there you go. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, and Tress McNeil. Oh yeah, Tress never stopped. She's still been going since the nineties and late eighties. So there you go. <laughs> damn, like she. Oh damn. Oh Billy West though. I keep forgetting like Billy West used to do, you know, used to be around for a long time. Cause to me, it's like, I just never saw him as old. I just saw him as Billy West. Like, Oh, that's just Billy West. Never saw him as an old Not guy. Lie, yeah. Like he really does kind of like exist in like an ageless, an ageless vacuum. Maybe because I was just so used to hearing him play Fry for decades that I just assumed like, oh, well, you know, he's not old. He's not old. He can still play Bruh, a 24-year-old, the... so it's fine. Bruh, the... oh, oh, my God. He's like, oh, my God. Like, he's he's 70 right now, and he voiced and he voices characters around my age so perfectly. Jesus. Oh, I had no idea he was 70. I thought he was still in his 60s. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Jesus. Like, it's so, it's so crazy. Like, a lot of, a lot of people I grew up with, I grew up on where, like, they're currently in their 60s, 70s, if not 80s. Uh, it just makes me sad seeing, like, a lot of people I grew up with in the 90s being like, they're oh, they're in their 50s and 60s now. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it makes me feel old. <laughs> I know. Well, I don't. I don't want to say that because, like, I'm imagining how they feel. No, but it's but it's great because it reminds me that what I love about voiceover is that it, age doesn't matter. Like, you can mm-hmm. still be like fifty, sixty, and still getting work if you're that good. I mean, hell, uh, Tom Kenny is sixty and he's still playing SpongeBob. So there you go. I believe the voice actor of Squidward is way older too. And he can still do Squidward, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, like, he's still voicing Squidward. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, Roger Bumpus, he's, he's 70. Oh, my, a lot of voice actors on SpongeBob are, like, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. We are getting old. <laughs> you mean time is a factor? <laughs> you know, father time is a thing? <laughs> Oh man, but they still they're still kicking butt. Like they're still awesome at what they do. I just I hope one day we can all just I hope one day to work with a lot of people like them. Um and you know, speaking of all these voice actors, like who would you say is your main inspiration? Mm, okay, that's a tough that's a toughie right there. I have way too many actors I look up to who really inspired me to get into voice acting, but in terms of anime voiceover, I'd have to say Johnny Young Bosch, like absolutely the way that guy can sell emotion just destroyed me as a child i was just so excited like oh and he was in horimiya so there you go yeah so when i found out that he was also in horimiya my brain exploded none of us in the cast were ready for that i mean he shows up late in the series but i was like yep that's johnny young literally halfway into the show and caitlin like caitlin and sean they kept that a secret from us Oh man, that must have been fun, like watching that episode for the first time and, and no one knowing who who's gonna be the voice of his character, and then you hear Johnny Young Bosch and it's like, oh god. <laughs> the funniest thing is though, they made it so that we never heard Yanagi's voice in the English dub. But like he recorded the like he, he already recorded his stuff ahead of time. 
Well, obviously, because he's Johnny Young Bosch and he's a professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But getting to actually, you know, around like the final episodes, getting to actually work off of his voice after the truth came out, that just like, I actually got to have scenes with him, too. That's just, that was so wild. And it's, it's funny because like I, I uh, one of the things that people complained about was, oh, the cast sounds too old. But I'm like, isn't that a thing in anime where characters are supposed to be like 15 16 years old and they sound like they're all 30 and 40 right oh my god well to be fair though in real life though there are some teenagers out there who sound more mature than they you know than they look or than they are as like you know i i I to to some degree i get what you're saying but but at the same time you know some of us do actually sound a little older when we when we were younger so because i remember like when i was a teenager like i was told i had a pretty deep voice as a kid so i mean it is what it is i mean it depends on who you talk to because um like, yeah. my bro- like my brother's like in his tw- in his early 20s and he just has like a really deep voice and i'm like uh, how old are you again because you know you're you're in your 20s but you sound like you're 40 or so like i know some people like younger than me who sound deeper than i do and it's like bruh you know i don't think it's fair to say age is really the factor like they're like okay i don't know i'm not the person who's equipped to really talk about you know diaphragm or like your your larynx or like that kind of stuff but it's like there are different factors that contribute to having a deeper voice or a higher voice and age is not necessarily it i mean it can change over time as you get older but yeah let's not be too judgmental on that i mean it depends on the actor like because obviously as you get older your voice is going to change and if you're and if you've been doing like a character voice for how many years of course it's going to sound different like when people complain when people complain about spongebob sounding different in later seasons like yeah because the actor got older and he had to change his style up. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, that's tr- yeah, that's true. Like, the energy shifted, like, immensely as the years went on. And even he noticed it. Like, I remember reading an interview with him. Like, yeah, he noticed that his voice got a little bit higher. But it's because, hey, you know, that was the direction they were going in in the later season. And it just stuck with them. I mean, it just stuck. And that's fine. Because that's what they wanted. Because at the end of the day... You know, it's not about what you want. It's about like what what the director, producer, you know, what what the entire crew wants, because you are just like one part of, you know, a, a giant machine. And, you know, one cannot exist without the other. Exactly. Like we all function together. So, yeah, I, I think that's 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 why it really bothers me when I see people complaining about performances where I'm like, yeah, that performance might not have been great, but that's kind of the read they wanted to go with. So I don't know what you're complaining about. Oftentimes, and I can say from experience that sometimes you might give a delivery that you were not satisfied with, but that's what the director wanted. And it might sound better in post. So, but just know actors themselves are much harsher towards themselves than any director could ever be. Do you watch any of your own stuff? Yes, I do. Like I I do I do try to actually watch it so that I actually know if, you know, my my quality was good, if my performance was good, just, and also just to really, you know, support, you know, just support it and just enjoy it for myself cuz it's it's icing on the cake getting to be in the project. 
but you know just getting to you know experience it for myself that's always much more fun because a lot of people i talk to very rarely watch any of their own stuff because they're just so critical of their own work and they're like yeah i can't i can't stand listening to myself i mean if it's really bad then i will cringe at myself but just know ever since i started getting into anime like regularly I have felt way more confident in my voice, like, as time went on. So it's like, I do enjoy getting to listen to myself in certain projects when I get the chance. So it's so much fun getting to really hear what kind of energy I provide versus how the other characters sound. Because one of my favorite things is finding out who my cast members are and just, like, being able to, like, enjoy how they sound, too. Because, like, we're always going to, like, we're always going to hype each other up. Now, I got to say, like, the Hori Mia dub was really good because everyone was perfectly cast. And again, I'm not I'm not a fan of Slice of Life anime, but I watched that whole thing and I'm like, OK, that was pretty good. You know, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And and I thought everyone did a great job with with their roles and the writing and, and all that other stuff. Ah, thank you. And it was just kind of weird that Johnny Young Bosch showed up like late into the season. And I'm like, okay, because <laughs> I because I had read that he was in it. And I'm like, okay, who's he playing? Because it's been like X amount of episodes. Is Johnny Young Bosch going to show up at some point? <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy, though. It's like he's like he's he's pretty like Johnny Young Bosch is a dad. And he's basically he basically sounds the same as the rest of us. Like. The rest of the cast is pretty much like a bunch of twenty somethings. Yeah, I know. It's it's so hilarious. And and I did like the fact that um Hori's parents were voiced by Marissa Lenti and Bill Butts in the English stuff. I thought that was that was really interesting. It was really interesting. I was so happy with how everyone sounded, especially Hori's parents. Yeah, they they were great. I always like because you know Lenti was great and and Bill Butts is always a, is always a joy whenever he's on I screen. I love them so much. Oh my god! Like I love I just love their interactions. I'm like, can we get more of this? Like, because Hori's family was like the most fun I've had with with a supporting cast in any anime in years. So for real though, oh my god! Like I loved I loved all my interactions with. I, I love the entire cast. Like, everyone sounded so good. So, like, how good was Inaris? Like, how, how good is she? Like, she's just so amazing. She and was phenomenal as Yuki. I, I just, like, she, she was easily, like, the best, like, performance out of out of everybody. Because, like, I just, like, was watching that show. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how like how are you not in more stuff like how are you not booking like lead roles cuz this is this is amazing. wait 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 well like and Aries has been like leading a lot of stuff actually well i mean this was you know before <laughs> this was like when i was watching oh like, yeah yeah okay <laughs> it's, like, it's like how are you not in more stuff and like know. at the time yeah but it's like yeah like Aries like she's been killing it in the industry like since like for for a while oh my god like she's in fire emblem heroes my hero academia she's now in stuff like boruto re-zero pokemon demon slayer like oh my god like the irregular and magic high school wonder egg priority i've never seen her give a bad performance that's what's amazing like i've never seen her give like a legitimately bad performance right like there's never been a moment oh and jujitsu kaisen oh yeah she was in the movie so there you go (laughs) yeah so it's like 
it's like yes i agree like she's never given a bad performance like that's that's something i will always say is on, on her brand it's like you never hear a bad performance and the same thing can be said about xena robinson too it's like well <laughs> well the heads up i mean look man i love xeno but um hidden dungeon was was not very good i'm sorry <laughs> like Wait, what anime was that? Hidden, the hidden, hidden dungeon only I can enter. That that is really terrible. It is, oh boy. <laughs> oh wow, I've never, heard, I've never heard of this anime. It looks a little generic. Oh, it's it's fan service. Uh, is isekai? It's it's an isekai, <clears throat> but it's not an isekai. And and Zeno Robinson is is the lead He's in the that. Lead and uh, yeah. <laughs> You know what? You know, and not everyone gets to choose what kind of work. You know, beggars can't be choosers with their work sometimes, but just know, like, I mean, one dud show doesn't exactly mean that you're a bad actor. Yeah, yeah, me. but I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know. Mm. I mean, there are some shows that certain actors I like are in. They're just kind of shitty. Yeah, I know. It's like, and that's what that's what annoys me is like when you see a really good actor and you're like, God damn it! Like, why why are you wasting your time on this? You're good. You're good. Like, I mean, to be fair, they might not know at the time that the show's kind of booty cheeks. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, like they had fun working on it, right? I mean, basically, like, any show that's not on an actor's resume is kind of garbage, I would assume, because it's like, yeah, I don't I don't want to put this on my resume, or I want to work on, on a pursuit of him, because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not gonna lie, there are some things where you probably don't want to advertise them on your resume, because it was kind of bad. And people can know you were in it, but, like, do you want to do you want to like pimp that out yeah that's that's why it's kind of it kind of amazes me that um some people put on like um what was that game called the the puzzle game with the erotic puzzle game that um a lot of prominent voice actors are on wait oh honey pop yeah honey pop yeah i'm like are you sure you want to put that on your resume are you sure (laughs) I mean, hey, like, I'm not judging on that one, though, like, because, I mean, erotic content in of itself isn't a bad thing. And if it's really popular, then, you know, you do you. I mean, I got nothing against it, but it just seems weird to me that, um, you know, you you see, like, a lot of recognizable actors that you've talked to and and know personally on on stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, okay. I'm not weirded out by it because I mean a lot of us a lot of us do, you know, engage in a lot of not safe for work content anyway. So it's not even it's not even a weird thing. It's just like it's a you do you sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's just it just it it kind of weirds me weirds me out because I know that um, you know, if you're a female and you're you know, people know that you've done that sort of thing. Uh, mm, you get nice. you get the weird requests and I'm just like, oh god. Well, I I wouldn't fault the actor on that one, though. That's just, see, that's on the person judging you based on the work that you're getting, though. Because I remember when I had uh, Morgan LeRae on, like, she would get um, weird requests on Cameo that she just felt uncomfortable with. And I'm just like, don't, why why would you do that? Like, why would you? I feel like that, there's there's an entitlement when it comes to knowing when someone does, you know, 
you know, erotic content and then they feel the need to really impose on them. It's just, you know, just because someone recorded for a game that had like, you know, some not safe for work content in it that doesn't, ch- that doesn't exactly immediately mean that, oh, they're going to be a okay with doing all that sort of, th- that sort of stuff. Ugh, God. Yeah. And, and, and I just want to make it clear. Like I have no problem when it comes to not safe for work content. Lord knows I've commissioned my fair share of not safe for work art on plenty of occasions. <laughs> so it's, it's fine, you know. I'm not. I'm not being like a pure purist and saying like, not oh, being like a prude about yeah. it. No, no, I'm. I'm not. I mean, look, I. You know, those who know me know that I'm. You know, I got that side of me. You know, I. I have no problem with it, but at the same time, I just. I just don't like the fact that um, seeing people get hunted down, and harassed, and and being sent weird requests because they worked on something that was not safe for work is just kind of gross. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of just teaching teaching people like to understand boundaries because you know it's bad enough when say an anime voice actor gets approached with some porn of their own characters because that's creepy that is so creepy especially when they don't ask for it oh yeah no i've i've heard the stories where you know (laughs) someone someone was asked to sign what was it um erotic fan art at a convention and they're like why would you have me sign this this is gross <laughs> i know right it's creepy like bruh like i was like i've enjoyed voicing in this show but like don't use that as an invitation to give me porn that, that's like that's that's gross like i draw the line of that like i know some people in uh, i mean i know some people like don't mind talking about like not safe work projects in in public but but they usually do that. When they do that, it's in an eight at an eighteen plus panel, and that's the right. reason. <laughs> right, like they, it's it's in a place where it's safe to talk about that stuff. Like, don't default to assuming that people do that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just it's just really, oh, like why why would you do that? Like, I understand, like. I mean, maybe, I mean, I understand, like, sending, you know, uh, getting someone to sign fan art, that's fine, but it's like, oh, you know, don't go up to voice actors and, and, and have them sign, like, um, hardcore porn stuff. Please don't. Please don't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel like a lot of people, I hate the fact that this is something that we have to, con- you know, continuously tell people about, but don't ask people to like don't give people porn unless they asked for it like consent is not consent still applies even when it's just like giving people things like don't give people gross things unless they asked for that also don't don't hound them with requests saying you know trying to get them to say inappropriate stuff as a character because i I know that you do that because you just want to get them in trouble i i know i know the game i know that con okay i've heard about that too yeah there are some people out there who just like like they hound people for lewd like for lewd suggest this right here that's what actually scares me the most about like like fan meet and greets and conventions like they seem cool and all but it's like there's that huge risk that i don't want to take I always say like being an anim- an English dub actor must be frustrating because you're either going to get people yelling at you for for not being the real voice actor or you're going to get the weirdos. <laughs> My god, like there's just no winning sometimes. But I mean, it's 
it, it's nice seeing stories where uh, where people say, oh, I met this person at a con and they were nice and, and what have you. I, I like that. And it's not it's not all doom and gloom like the weirdos and the yeah. and the and the and the people harass and the harassers are like just just a vocal minority. But because the majority of people I've seen at like anime conventions are really nice. So don't don't let that, you know. Don't okay, that, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll take your word on it. Yeah. Like it's just there is always that looming threat in the air. Like there's going to be some someone really creepy and really toxic who's going to ruin the entire experience for everyone else. But there are good people out there and they just want to have fun. I mean, I, because I was at a con um, a couple months ago and, you know, Bryce Pappenbrook was, was one of the guests and, you know, there were two idiots during his panel who thought it was hilarious to, to shout out like really gross stuff. And, Ugh. but, but like the rest of the people were, were very supportive and very, you know, very welcoming, but it was just, those two guys were just, were just being dicks for no reason. It's just like, why, why even show up to the panel if, if you're, if you're not interested, like it's so stupid. Oh my God. The world really has. It's always those few people who ruin the entire thing for everyone else. Because I, because I wanted to turn around and say, look, you know, maybe, maybe like, you know, a lot of people can't hear you because of the the noise, but I can hear you, and it's not nice to do that. If you, if you didn't want to come to this panel, don't don't come to the panel. Like no one's forcing you to come to the panel. Like coming to the panel to to hurl out insults that that a guy can't even that the the main person can't even hear is is kind of productive it it, it, get, it, it gets really nothing. Is, yeah. it's like i don't get that like why why even heckle them oh because they're the english voice actor because they're quote unquote not the real actor screw off like just i know right it really annoys me like it really annoys me that subs versus dubs is still a thing like why like i, I said this on twitter like i don't care if you personally do not like um anime dubs it's 2022. If you cannot get over the fact that English dubs exist, then I don't know what to tell you. I know, right? I just get over it. Like, you don't have to watch the English dub, so no one's forcing you to do it. Yeah, I know. It just, it just really bothers me because, like, look, and, and another thing that really bothers me is that this whole idea, like, oh, dubs don't have a fan base. Yes, they do. They yes, have they, a, they have a large fan base. Like, don't lie. I mean, I've seen so many Twitter accounts. Like, P, voice actors have like crowded panels. I remember like one panel. Like, they had to like cut it off, cut a cut, do like a cutoff because the room was getting full. So don't don't tell me like there's no audience for the for for dub actors because there is and it is it's big. But the only difference is like we don't. You know the people who enjoy anime dubs don't don't make it like their entire identity identity like when it comes to like hardcore sub enthusiasts. Bruh, for real. Like, some people out here really making it hard to you know care. And, and both are valid. Like I I have no problems with 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 both. I think both are valid ways of of watching anime. At the end of the day, anime is anime. I don't care if you want to watch it subbed or dubbed. It's you know it's good to have both options exactly and, yeah. and it just annoys me that you know english dubs aren't the only dubs like other other anime have been dubbed into other languages but you don't see people complaining about like the german dub or the a portuguese dub or the spanish dub because 
I, I don't know. It's like why 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 is it why is why are those dubs fine, but like the English dubs is where we gotta draw the line. It's so stupid. Ugh, the purism just really grinds my gears. And it's okay to like 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 I don't have a problem with like watching the stuff in watching stuff in the original language because I hear like it does add like a bit of authentic it adds the authenticity of really enjoying it how it was originally produced which understandable like i do watch whenever i do work on an anime i try to watch it in the japanese version to like get a good understanding of what the emotions are and what like what's really going on and i like that like there are some there are some japanese voiceover like voiceover cast that i absolutely adore like the danganronpa franchise i got into it i got into it especially in danganronpa 2 in japanese first and I fell in love with the English dub later. Okay, hot take. Um, I, I still prefer the um, games cast over the um, the anime cast. I, I mean, the anime cast was fine, but you know the the um, the games cast is where it's at, man. <laughs> you know. I mean, it, you know what? Taste their own on that one. Like, I don't have a problem with that because the games, the the video games voice cast is really solid. Like, they all. Like, they really do go above and beyond. Especially Danganronpa 2. The Danganronpa 2 voice cast. Oh, my God. Like, everyone sounded so freaking good. I think, uh, what was it? I think Bryce was the only one who reprised his role on, on the both the anime and the game. So, there you go. As Makoto Nayagi, yeah. Yeah, because I remember he talked about that when he was asked about Danganronpa. He's like, I'm, I'm like the only guy who came back for the for the anime and the games. So I'm like, yeah, of course you did, because you're awesome. <laughs> and it helped that he already had some connections with Funimation at the time to really, you know, kind of make it so that he did, he was able to come back for the role. So, because at the time, it was like after he did a lot of recording for Funimation, like, attack on titan and stuff and that's and that's what i like about him is like he he is not afraid to work for scale like you know i you know he's like i'll do anything you know <laughs> it's i mean it's he loves his job like he's been doing it since he was a kid and he's really good at it yeah he's like one of the nicest people and that really annoys me that, that people were throwing up a, a big fit about him because oh he's he's the english voice actor i'm like dude come on like he's one of the one of the sweetest people I've ever talked to at at any convention, and it just annoys me that people give him give him shit for like, oh, you're not the real voice actor. Oh, come on, get get out of here, get out of here with that nonsense. God, people who make it their who make it their goal to be like, oh, there's only like a good handful of English dubs at that. Shut up, that is so, bruh. You don't. I I doubt most of these people even know what makes good acting in general. So what exactly makes them feel like they can judge? how good an English an entire dub production is. And, and, and anyone who complains about like modern English dubs, not sounding good. Go watch, watch like them. Go watch um, anything from the nineties or late eighties. Go, go watch that. Go watch any English dub produced during that era and then come back and tell me like modern English dubs sound bad. <laughs> For real though. Like not every, dub back in the day aged like wine just saying <laughs> oh man what was it um the utina dub oh god that was such yeah a, such a disappointment <laughs> yeah i feel like that series is long overdue for a redub just saying like i mean on one hand it would be a shame to like not have rachel lillis and crispin freeman in there because they were like the only good 
feel like, you know, the only good phenomenal actors in this. But there are a lot of actors today who would kill to be an Utena and they have the chops to make it work. Yeah, and and that's another thing I want I want to point out is like sometimes a lot of shows that came out back in the day didn't have great English dubs, and now that the industry has gotten a little bit better, why not redub some of these some of these old shows? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I think it's also like a, a matter of money and the clients actually coming to, you know, the studios themselves because I have heard that the client, you know, the animation studio has to be the one to really approach the studio for an English dub. No, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's not exactly as cut and dry as we want it to be, but I mean, it's it, it's still like it, there's there's that understanding that it's not always in the studio's hands to really do everything. I mean, that explains all the all the various Eva dubs over the years that we've had. <laughs> God, Evangelion really has had the weirdest history with its English dubs. But if there's one thing I do appreciate with Evangelion's dubs, it's that all the voice actors are like, it's funny how the voice actors are all friends with each other and like they're all rooting for each other. I, I just love the fact that someone made a chart of all the of all the characters and every voice actor that has played them over the years. And and I love the fact that the that the Japanese cast has stayed the same, but but the English cast has constantly changed. My God, it's more complicated than the Dragon Ball Z dub sometimes. Oh God, don't don't even get me started on oh which dub was better, uh, Ocean or Funimation? No, I'm not. Like, I'm I, not even no. going to get into that. No, <laughs> no. Because I've had that discussion where I'm like, and 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 my argument is like, look, if you're in Canada, yeah, you preferred the ocean dub because that's what you grew up watching. But if you know right. you, were, you you were in the states or everywhere else in the world, you got the you got the Funimation dub, and that's what you know. So it depends on what you grew up with, and I think both are valid. Both have their strengths and weaknesses, but at the end of the day, Kai was probably the best English. Yeah, dub that's ever. what I was about to say because it's like. <laughs> DBZ Kai was the most authentic like take on the DBZ on the DBZ series while being it was the most authentic version of the like the dub could have offered. I mean that's 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 the reason why I say like look, you know, if you're going to watch Dragon Ball, watch Kai cuz it cuts out all the filler and watch it in English cuz uh it's it's re- it's very great in English. Like the English dub is phenomenal. Oh my god. I mean cuz I had this conversation with my cousin like he's a big Dragon Ball fan and I'm like, "Yeah, I I really love watching the Dragon Ball Kai in dub cuz I find I think that dub is phenomenal and oh, it's so good. <laughs> like I still go back to it right. cuz like, ugh. <laughs> Bro, so like see if there's one thing that the DBZ, that Dragon Ball Kai deserves way more credit for, it's the fact that it gave us the best interpretation of Frieza. I miss Chris Air so much, man. No, rest in peace, good sir. I'm so sad about that. Like, we've, we've lost so many wonderful souls lately. Oh, yeah, and I just want to mention, um, rest in peace, Billy. Y- you were... You are such a wonderful human being, and it makes me... I was just heartbroken when I heard the news. Like, fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Man, (laughs) this industry, it gets really sad when you realize, oh, yeah, you you lose a lot of good people along the way. Yeah, um, I, I feel like, you know, if I can say something about this, because I... 
like I was dreading talking about this because I I, re- I try to make I, I try to focus on the positive. I don't want to focus on the negative. But like with Billy, I, it, it like I remember watching that video when when he announced that he he was you know, retiring and and seeking you know leaving to go for treatment, and I had hoped like just I really I hope hoped to yeah, yeah I I really hope. But then at the end of the day, it's like stage four cancer is stage four cancer, and it does not care how old you are or how young you are it's stage four cancer and i just <laughs> i i'm so mad because this like no one deserved to have their life taken away so soon only at 35 years old i know and the thing is i wish that they like this could have been caught much sooner so that he could have had the treatment that he deserved yeah because because when i heard the news i just hoped like if he had caught this in like 2018 or 2019 he would have beaten it and it depends like how long has this been going you know it doesn't even matter because rest in peace billy you deserved way better than what you got but you really changed you really changed everyone's lives for the better. I, I, I still remember during um, quarantine, he had done a stream, you know, he'd done like an interview with, with Bill Butts and, and, um, and that was like my favorite interview ever. Cause um, he was just so kind, so generous, you know, the self-deprecating jokes were great. And um, <laughs> fuck, I just can't believe like someone that, that, that nice and kind and generous is just no longer with us. I just, Fuck. The world shouldn't have to lose such sweet people. Yeah, I know. Uh, anyway, um, right. I, I just want to say, you know, at the end of the day, um, please respect his family's privacy. Don't bother them about this. Do not show up at any of the at any of the um, gatherings unless you are a personal friend of the family. And and let them grieve in peace. That's all I got to say about this. Absolutely. Rest in peace, Billy. And many prayers to your family and and to all your loved ones. So anyway, um, yeah. Right, now that we, we bummed everybody that. out. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? Well overdue moment of grieving. But now... We were talking about the Dragon Ball Z dub, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's 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 really great, and um, it just amazes me that those performances still um, hold up to this day. Like you know, Chris Sabat's uh, Chris Sabat's Vegeta and and Kai is just oh, it's a masterclass in acting. Holy crap! Amen, good sir. Oh my goodness, like his acting. Like the the shift between the OG DBZ and Kai is just wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like, bro. See, I'll be fair though. It's kind of crazy because it's it's the crazy thing because they everyone was still working on DBZ for years at the time. Like they were play, they were working on the games and the movies and like outside of just the show and all that stuff all the spinoff material and it's like brah when you gave them the japanese version and so much more creative liberties with you know adding so much energy and raw power to the delivery because look back at the og dragon ball z dub 
it was kind of flat. Not gonna lie. Oh, what are you talking about? Android 16's dying speech is, is classic. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Vegeta, once his power level said so calmingly, but the animation doesn't show him come at all. Oh my god. Okay, for that meme, I will give that one to the Canadian dub, though. <laughs> I love that it's they brought nine thousand. I, I love the fact that they brought him back for Super as as fake Vegeta. I thought that was Whoa. a nice touch. <laughs> that was amazing when they did that. Bro, I just love seeing Canadian voice actors get to be in American dubs, though. Oh man, it was great! It was great seeing um the what was it? David Cater finally reprises his role from Inuyasha in the sequel series. For yo, they got the they got most of the original they got the original voice actors back. Yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, like uh, Kirby Morrow, unfortunately passed away before he. You know, he before... he only got to come back for one episode before his path. God damn it! We are not making this a depression interview. <laughs> Oh, man. that that one hurt. That really, that really hurt my soul when I found out about that too. My God! But it is pretty cool seeing like people like Ian James Corlett and and David Kay and um like all the yeah. Ocean people come back for like <laughs> for for dubs again. I'm like, yeah, it's it's kind of finally overdue. <laughs> yeah, and if there's one thing I also love is sound cadence. They have been so proactive when it comes to hiring canadian voice actors in their english dubs and it brah like brah it's crazy they got voice actors from all over the states outside of the like in different countries like britain australia britain australia i'm most likely all over the place even can't like it's just i've only gotten one chance to work on a sound cadence dub and that was for prince of tennis that was so much fun Oh man, Prince of, the Prince of Tennis series. I just love it because it is batshit crazy and and just amazing. <laughs> I look I look back at certain things and I'm like, this is a tennis anime, right? <laughs> I mean, Araki, man, you know, I love JoJo, but it but it looks but it looks plain compared to Prince of Tennis. I know, right? Like I'm looking at this, it's like, yo, these kids are doing some illegal things in this in this show. What the hell? And then it becomes Ugh, a musical, like and then it just what? Bruh, some of these like some of these characters are outright doing illegal things. Like they're throwing rackets at each other. Prince of Tennis is amazing, and I just love the fact that Howard Wang knows so much about Prince of Tennis. Like I just... know, right? <laughs> like you cannot be in a, you cannot have a show like that and not and not be fully in tune with the lunacy that goes on. Like I just, I just love that because it's like, yes, I, I love the fact that just listening to him talk and just looking at the other voice actors. I think he did like a stream where he was talking about Prince of Tennis and all the other voice actors were just like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. That, that feels, I feel like we've all had that kind of, that kind of conversation before. Man, look, man, I'm a Jojo fan. And, and whenever I try to explain the series to someone, they're like, uh-huh. 
Okay. <laughs> I know, right? It just—it feels like you're just talking to yourself, even though there's another person right in front of you. <laughs> so, what are stands again? They're like powers, but I, but how do people get stands? Well, <laughs> it's yeah, that part's the com- that's the complicated part. Like, bruh. I'm like, okay, a stand is basically the manifestation of the human being, just like in like a humanoid. It's basically a manifestation of your human soul given shape. And it's like, okay, that okay, that makes sense. But like, how do you get one? That's always the complicated issue. And stands, uh, but and stands are always humanoid, right? Nope. Mm, <laughs> no, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> they're all they're not always humanoid forms like damn a lot of them are just and then later on a stand becomes sentient and becomes one of the main bad guys so there you go (laughs) the rules what are they again i love iraqi because he just does not give a fuck I know, god like and you can like the best way to enjoy jojo is not giving too much thought into everything yeah i know it's so amazing and and um and like i said like part three is my is my favorite part because every bad decision gets made and and i love it like (laughs) characters making bad decisions (laughs) stupid decisions that make no sense and it's like wait but you guys could have beaten that guy if you did if you did this thing no we're gonna do we're gonna do this completely different thing and Oh, it's so stupid, and I love it. It's so amazing. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? There are a bunch of flashy dudes going on adventures, and if it and if they're not doing stupid things, if they're not doing bizarre things, it's not exactly JoJo's bizarre adventure, now is it? <laughs> oh man, it's just uh, I love it. It's it's so stupid. And to give you a great idea of how stupid JoJo is, it is um, if you've watched Stone Ocean when jolene mm. gets when jolene gets her powers gets her gets her stand you know she uses it to defeat uh uh Gwes, i think her name is yes yeah. and like she just she beats the crap out of her and then when she meets jotaro for the first time he explains to her what a stand is and she's like stand what's that not the thing i was just using oh <laughs> my so, god it's just so amazing it's like Rocky, you, you, you magnificent son of a bitch. Bruh. My God. I'm sorry. I love Jojo. I, I'm so, so sorry. This show is weird, but I love it because it's weird. <laughs> but and as much as I love Jojo, it still makes more sense than Prince of Tennis. Because I tried with Prince of Tennis and I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> I mean, I like the fact that it's weird, though. Like, you have to appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Um, the world we live in sometimes, I yeah. swear to God. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I just look at the time, and I, I, I got to get going because um, I got another episode to record later on today. So I want to, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> preserve my energy. Um but but before we get going, uh, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and where can people find you online? Uh, certainly. So, hmm. oh, damn. Okay, so the most recent thing I got to announce is that I am the voice 
of this character known as the manifester in an upcoming original anime production called broken beat fourth bringers and what does he do what does he manifest uh well i could tell you but let's just save that for when the series comes out oh man i i know a challenge when i hear when i hear one bell i know but a challenge. just now just now you're just now you're gonna love him you're gonna love him because I know I did when I was recording for him. So more on more on Broken Beat later this year, most likely during the summer. So I'm I'm just super excited. I just I cannot wait. I cannot oh I cannot wait, bruh. Like it's gonna be so good. And then other projects I'm in that are in production at the moment are the Lackadaisy short film where I voice Calvin McCurry, a.k.a. Freckle. I am so excited for that because there's been a lot of progress, a lot of animation progress on that, and it's all looking super good. And then there's a project called Eight Sen, which is basically a Yu-Gi-Oh! slash... It's basically a Yu-Gi-Oh!-themed production with, like, you know, with initial D inspiration. That sounds amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. It looks so good. Like, bro, we have a really stacked voice cast, and the animation and art style are phenomenal. I voice a guy named Hugh Tigris. Hugh Tigris. Sorry. Like, I'm so used to doing pronouncing it like Tiger, but Hugh Tigris, he's this very stoic sort of brother character to he's a, he's a brother character who essentially he's speak softly carry a big stick around he's the guy who pretty much gets action done and he's on the opposite i believe he's one of the opposite teams of the main characters so it's just it's just like wait till the series comes out like there's a lot of progress coming out this year so stay tuned on all of that everybody and for stuff that i have already been in that you can watch right now you can watch me as ending in my hero academia as well as Kakaru Sengoku and Horimiya. You can also watch me and stuff in like One Piece, My Dress Up Darling, How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom, The Saint's Magic Power is Omnipotent, so on and so forth. So, oh, and Prince of Tennis. So if you want some show names that you want to just, you know, binge through, give you a list. All right. Thanks so much for taking the time off to do this. I know we we had to take... um. You know, this took a while to get to to get set up, but this has been a lot of fun, and I'm kind of glad we got the chance to do it. To do it, absolutely. I had so much fun, Abdul. Okay, uh, take care, and hopefully we'll get you back later when all that stuff comes out. Take care. Bye bye. Absolutely. All right. Later.